0: I trust in
1: you. Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. Lord, we we praise you. We thank you for all the great things you're doing for your people. And uh, we know you're working all things together for their good. And uh, we thank you for drawing those who are in darkness, out and uh, delivering your people from bondage to Babylonish religion. And uh, thank you so much, Father. And from the beast kingdom, too. Amen. Okay, we're going to continue with uh, No Weapon Formed Against Us Shall Prosper, number three. And this first revelation we're going to share. Uh, Cast Down Witchcraft and Double-Mindedness, and it was given to Winnie Asagata, 5.18.22. And she said, uh, this following verse kept coming to me, Proverbs 1 and 33, but whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Amen. I asked the Lord about the verse and what he wanted to show me about it, and I had the following dream that night about the kind of witchcraft being sent against the body that causes us to stray from his word and his promises. Okay. Uh I dreamt I was in a large cabin Well, uh, let me say that UBM has been shown in many dreams and revelations as a log cabin or a tower of logs, Um, and this is because a cabin's uh, logs cross at each other at the corners, representing bearing our cross, right, with each other, And, um, and also the biblical doctrines of living the crucified life. She said, I was pretty dim, it was pretty dim in there, with the exception of the fire going in the fireplace, and perhaps some candles. I thought about the fiery trials. Well, yes, the the crucified life presents us with many fiery trials that burn up the wood, hay, and stubble of our carnal life and nature. And uh, this only works, of course, when we hold fast to the word through the trial. That's what the devil is trying to get you to turn loose from, is the word. Depart from the word to try to save yourself or whatever. She said, there were many others in this large room that I was in as well, although I don't recall anyone except for my husband, Chuck. Well, as we will see, Chuck uh, means free man um, and is representing our heavenly husband, Jesus, who watches over us for our good and guards us from the plots and plans of the enemy. And, um, you know, Jesus came to free man, (laughs) too, uh, from the bondages of sin and death, right? Amen. Amen. I then received a package from two very young black girls about the same age, which I believe represent deceiving spirits. Um, Angelica um, thought these two black girls could represent double-mindedness. That's a possibility, too. Um, uh, Packages are often wrapped up nicely, and this, I believe, represents a deception or a Trojan horse gift that seems desirable outwardly, but inside it leads to death, right? And the devil has many of these. We have to be careful. We have to use discernment. I was sitting on the floor of this large room, and I could see the two young black girls sitting to my left. Um... Well, I think that these factious, rebellious, deceiving spirits are are on the left where Jesus put the goats, and they they send witchcraft in subtle ways to make war on our minds. Amen? In this package was a stack of music CDs with Christian, quote-unquote, music, I inserted one of the CDs into the music player to my left and the music began to play. I believe this music could represent seduction because music is very seducing, right? And also much of uh, the Christian music that is out there is um, actually from the pit, you know. It isn't uh, praise music that glorifies the Lord. It's music that sounds good to the flesh, and people people get caught up in the tunes and so on and so forth. Uh, Most of it doesn't even mention the name of Jesus, but only says you in some cases. So who is it that they're really singing to? Well, Lucifer was in charge of the praise and worship in heaven before he sinned against God and was cast down to the earth as Satan. He is a deceiver who still manifests himself as an angel of light through his demonically inspired so-called Christian music. But I want to talk about what the Christian music could represent and and that is seduction. And uh, we don't want to be worshiping the music, but, but Jesus, right? It should be putting us in mind to worship Him and our Father. Um, she went on to say, I don't remember the song or the melody, but I remember thinking nothing was wrong with it as I listened and that it sounded pretty good. Well, many times we don't even notice or are aware of the lies presented by these songs in the dream because uh, they are very subtly implanted in our minds when we are distracted and uh, not on our spiritual guard. Um, We don't think there's anything wrong with these thoughts because we think that they are our own thoughts. The devil does his best work that way. Um, A good analogy is Is how viruses operate to trick the cells in your body. I've read this that a virus uses camouflage to trick the cell. Its um, caps or receptor proteins uh, look like nutrients the cell needs. And when the virus receptor binds to the cell receptor, the cell thinks the virus is a nutrient and pulls it in. And now the cell is infected. Well, in the same way, Satan camouflages his lies to trick your mind into receiving the lies, and then your mind becomes infected. Have you ever seen uh, stopped and, and actually looked at the words of some Christian songs and found out? Thought, wait a minute, that's wrong. <laughs> you know, you, you do it time and time again. You know, that's wrong. That's not true. That's not biblical. So on and so forth. Happens all the time. So we must stick closely to Scripture and keep our Ephesians 6 armor on in order to defend ourselves from becoming infected with Satan's thoughts or his little tricks or his little tweaks to get us out of the road, you know. I then looked down and saw the rest of the stack of CDs and noticed the cover on all of them had a demonic clown face on the cover as well as a parental advisory sticker on some of them. So, remembering uh, Garrett's dream of Satan being a cartoon clown, mm, I believe that's what this is pointing us out. You know, people think that that it's harmless. He's not harmless. And when we have eyes to see, we can see through the lies and the deceptions. Uh, our parental advisory sticker is the word from our Father God which advises us against the traps and snares of the enemy and uh, if it just if it just pleases our flesh um, and not our spirit man we should avoid it well she said Chuck then appeared standing to my right representing the Lord I believe and he, he said, get rid of it, uh, referring to the music CDs. Well, I know that a lot of kids out there are listening to stuff. They're not paying attention to what's being said. Uh, they're just caught up in the tune, you know. And uh, there's other ways that, that music can represent this seduction. It's subtle around us to try to draw us out of the way. In the dream, she said, I did not seem to understand why it was so bad. And I believe the Lord was making a point because in real life I would see it as heinous. And although I did not understand, I said, okay, in obedience to Chuck, and then I woke up. Well, we don't have to understand everything the Lord commands us to do or not do. Our evil reasonings will oftentimes get us into deeper trouble and lead to rebellion. There are many so-called Christians who uh, reason their way right into hell, and we must live in faithful obedience to the Word and the commands of the Lord for our lives and for our future, and for our children's lives, and so on, you know. After praying, she said, and seeking the Lord regarding this dream, I put two and two together and realized that he was reminding me with the Proverbs 133 verse that what counts is listening to only what he has to say, and it will keep us safe from what is coming because we're standing and believing on His Word, which is the only place of safety. I inquired of the Lord about this dream, and I asked if this was witchcraft sent against us, and I received two heads for yes. And I believe this represents an attack on the body with confusion, double-mindedness, and even condemnation. It's uh, the lying spirits wanting to get us to agree with them. But the Lord is wanting us to agree with his word only and cast out the invasive thoughts of the enemy. Yeah, the, uh, the mind is the battleground. Our salvation will be determined in this battle arena of the mind. And we must turn and face the enemy head on and win this battle But there's no other choice. It's fight or die physically, spiritually, and ultimately eternally. Yeah, we have to fight. We don't fight. The devil keeps on fighting. (laughs) So, you see, Uh, we are overcomers. There's no promise to those who are not overcomers. We are overcoming the devil and his sly deceptions. Amen. She went on to say, I believe the reason uh, it was magnified in the dream uh, that I did not see the music as being so bad is because I have not seen condemnation as the great sin that it actually is, uh, just like anxiety or double-mindedness, and therefore have not warred against it like I should. But the grace of God, or by the grace of God, I have recently been more adamant about casting it down and entering his rest. Amen. You have to do that. He's constantly trying to rob your faith uh, with condemnation. and But you're justified by faith. If you're not in willful disobedience, accept your justification by faith. Okay. I also opened my Bible to a note that I had written references Gal- Galatians 2 and 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I that live, but Christ liveth in me, and that life which I now live in the flesh, I live in faith, the faith which is in the Son of God, amen, who loved me and gave himself for me, yes, indeed, Once again, justification by faith. I also asked the Lord for a few verses uh, from my Scripture playlist and received Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And Psalm 94.19 In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. Amen. Psalm 55 and 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he will sustain thee. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved. Well, how do we cast our burdens upon him? He said, be anxious for nothing. Let your prayers and requests be known unto God with thanksgiving. Don't bear about all these problems when all you have to do is pray and believe, right? Jesus said, all things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe you received them, and you shall have them. Amen? So act like a believer, and don't carry around these burdens that'll, that'll drag you down. And she gave 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh like a lot of people do, and they lose. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but mighty before God to casting down strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that is exalted against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Amen. Very important. We have to do this every day. And uh, another revelation here. We called it witchcraft obstacle to winning the race. Okay, this was given to Claire Pinar, five twenty twenty-two. Claire said, "I dreamed that I," and this is Claire. I believe she's representing the bride body here because her name means brilliance and that's what the bride wore in uh, Revelation 19. I was in a white wedding dress, Revelation 19 and 8, and it was given unto her that she should array herself in fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. So we get dressed up in this fine linen because we walk in obedience to God's word. I was in a competition that was a timed race and I had to run, but the running was short and it was in and out of various buildings or arenas. Well, as we're going to see, the enemy, Satan, wants to dominate our time and keep us from running the race. Amen. I was very tall in this dream and confident in my abilities in this race. And Rion, her husband, said tall represents the maturity of the bride. Yes, I agree. She said behind me there were various tiny women in red dresses. And Rion once again put a note here. He said the enemy is trying to delay these from coming out by witchcraft and word curses from the immature represented by the women in the red dresses. Well, as um, the bride matures spiritually and armed with a strong spirit, a man who has been well fed with the word, she is confident in her battles and in the spiritual warfare to defeat the plans of the enemy and win the race. First Corinthians chapter 9, 24 through 27 says, "Know ye not that they that run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? Who is the one that's going to win the prize? Jesus. How do you win the prize abiding in Jesus? Amen. Even so run that you may attain And every man that striveth in the games exercises self-control in all things. Remember that. Now they do it to receive a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. We do this to receive this incorruptible crown, exercise self-control in all things. I therefore so run as not uncertainly, Uh, So fight I as not beating the air, but I buffet my body and bring it into bondage, lest by any means, after that I have preached to others, I myself should be rejected. So even the great apostle Paul could be rejected because he didn't keep his flesh from ruling his life, right? And those who do not have self-control, their flesh is ruling their life. So the women in the red dresses, the short women in the red dresses, are spiritually immature and apostate. I knew I would win each event. However, each event was timed by a person dressed completely in black. Yep, they make sure you know the rules. Well, this person hated me and really tried to make the obstacles or events very challenging and difficult, but I just kept on going, winning every time. Well, the devil tries his hardest to derail our walk and, and make things as challenging and difficult as he can because he has been jealous of mankind since Uh, We were created, um, and he uh, hates us with intense hatred and wants to see us fail. And he wants to throw that in the face of God, like he did with Job, you know. And um, he wants to see us fail, and he wants to see us separated from God, you know. And he's very subtle, like the serpent in the garden, right? I asked for another word by faith at random, with the thought Who am I, Lord, or who do I represent? And received by faith at random Matthew 13 and 8, where my finger was on good ground. And others fell upon the good ground and yielded fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. So this is, of course, a promise to the overcomers. And overcoming the obstacles in our trials, uh, prove our faith and love for the Lord, uh, etc. And it's what makes us good ground. We receive the seed, it's going to bear fruit. The obstacles are something we endure to prove who we are. Right. So, and then Claire had this dream, too, on 510. We called it, The Bride Escapes the Old Man. She said, I dreamed that I, representing the bride, was looking for Richard, my first love. He was my first boyfriend and represents Jesus, our first love. His name means brave warrior. And there's none greater than King Jesus, of course. I was on the second floor of a hotel. Uh, I believe the second floor represents the 60-fold glory of the bride at the beginning of the trib, probably. Uh, Mark 4 and 20. And those are they that were sown upon the good ground, such as hear the word, And accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. My old boss was trying to get me dressed up and arrange a bridal shower for me. Well, the old boss, I believe, represents the apostate church and their Nicolaitan system that lords itself over the people. Okay, um, she said the old boss had dyed platinum blonde hair. Her name was Carrie, meaning black-haired. <laughs> so it's black hair covered up with blonde hair, right? So it's something fishy going on here. She represents the apostate church that used to have dominion over us, and she seems good outwardly, but inwardly she's submitted to darkness and is the enemy of our spirit man. She was decorating the room entirely in shades of red, which represent the blood of Jesus. The apostate church only believes half of the gospel, the covered by the blood part which is good and necessary, but it can't stand alone, right? Rion said, The apostate church system tries to dress up and rule over the soul, which is the mind, will, and emotions. That's kind of the second floor, right? With a worldly religion. But our mind must stay fixed on finding Jesus, our first love, by renewing our mind and soul with the Word. Amen. Okay, the entire suite, she said, was decorated in red and maroon. There were red flowers, red tablecloths, red everything. My old boss seemed giddy at the thought of the bridal shower, and she wanted a real celebration. Well, the apostate church thinks that they are the bride of Christ because. They will not be celebrating when they figure out that there is no rapture and that they didn't all fly away, okay? Um, The only thing that was not red in this room, she said, was the pure white garment that was hanging in between all of the clothing in various shades of red that my boss had picked out for me. This garment was very elegant, it had the the lightest blue, uh, piping, uh, pipping or whatever that is, all around the edges. Okay, I don't know what they call that because she's on the other side of the world. <laughs> my my old boss wanted me to choose something red, but I was intent on wearing the white garment. Amen, white for purity, right? Amen. When the the blood washes you, you're not red, you're white. The blood is necessary. It has to be there. But when you, I remember my friend Bolivar going up a mountain and it started raining blood and everywhere, and he was a dark-complected person, but everywhere the rain touched him, it turned him white. (laughs) He laughed about that. And I did too. And that's the truth. We're being washed by the blood to white purity and truth. Uh, but I was intent on wearing the white garment. And Rian said, we're covered by the blood, seated in heavenly places on the second floor, but the apostate church says, once saved, always saved, or sinners saved by grace, which represents them only wanting to wear the blood covering and not the white dress, which represents walking in holiness. In other words, not having the effect of the washing of the blood. Being spotless and the righteous acts of the saints represented by the blue pipping, I guess that is. I don't know what they're calling that. It's something around the dress. Okay, Revelation 19, seven and 8 says, Let us rejoice and be exceeding glad. And let us give the glory unto him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, for his wife hath made herself ready, and it was given unto her that she should array herself in fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. So a lot of people don't know that. They think obeying their religion, you know, and um, never departing from what it says, but it's usually idolatry because we need to get in the Word and follow Jesus. Everyone, every leader is to lead us in a discipleship to Jesus, not discipleship to religions because they all go astray historically, okay? So during this process of trying to get ready, I kept on texting uh, Richard, who was Jesus, right? I noticed my messages were not going through because he, he was not replying immediately. He does that sometimes. I was so insecure about him and, and not answering me. Well, I believe this represents a lack of faith, trust, and belief in the strength of the relationship and our security in Jesus' love for us. Without faith, it's impossible to be well-pleasing unto the Lord, right? We must walk by faith and not by sight. And so there are reasons that sometimes we have quiet seasons, right? Hebrews 11 and 6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to be well-pleasing unto him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that seek after him. Remember the Shulamite in Song of Solomon who sought after him, wanted to see him. Man, ran into a lot of people that were just religious, didn't understand her constantly running after her beloved, right? They thought she was a fanatic, but she was. (laughs) Uh, My phone's battery was on 19%. And this was worrying to me because I did not want it going dead without getting in contact with Richard. (laughs) And Rheon said the number 19 represents faith. The phone represents self-works that are eventually depleted. And we are supposed to be like a tree planted by the streams of water that can't be moved, like in Psalms 1 and 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the streams of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also doth not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Yes, these are the people who will endure to the end, right? Richard was on the third floor, of course, (laughs) of this same hotel in suite number 23, and uh, Rion put a note here. He said, the third floor is the spirit. Second floor is the soul. Ground floor is the flesh. Yes. Number 23 represents death. And Jesus took on death so that we, through the spirit, representing the third floor, can be put to death through baptism, the flesh, and renewed. Our souls represents uh, represented by the second floor through the works of the Spirit and faith. Okay, so we climb this this ladder, you know, sanctifying body, soul, and spirit, and um, bear the fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold, right? I was trying to get into his hotel room by knocking on the door, texting him, calling him, and asking others to help me to get to him. That sounds like Song of Solomon again, doesn't it? I clearly remember saying to all who would listen, Have you seen my beloved? Well, Song 5 and 6 says, I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had withdrawn himself, there it is, and was gone. My soul had failed me when he spake. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. Hmm. So he wants us to continue to seek him and also to not walk by sight, but walk by faith, right? So if we diligently seek him, we will find him. Matthew 7, 7 through 11 says, ask and it shall be given you. So it's a life of faith that the Lord is seeking for us to have, right? Right? Ask, it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. A powerful promise. Amen. Why would we not just be at rest and pray and ask for everything and believe, right? Or what man is there of you who if his son shall ask him for a loaf we'll give him a stone, or if he shall ask for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father who is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? So ask. You have not because you ask not, right? Then I went back to my room after nothing worked in my own strength, and I just stood there and thought of him. Then I miraculously appeared, or was translated, into this, his suite. Okay. And then I woke up. And Rion said, Amen. We can enter the Holy of Holies on the third floor by dying to self, and self-works through faith in him only and resting from our own works. Amen. Amen. The righteous shall live from faith. If he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Right? So what this dream is saying is that we don't have to strive through self-effort or self-works to get to Jesus or to get his attention. He wants us to rest in faith that He will be with us to the end and that He will never leave us nor forsake us. Amen? Amen. Another one given to Claire you can't bypass the crucified life. This is so true. Many try to do that. Many spend all their time pleasing their flesh, not keeping their flesh under control and not buffeting it, as the Apostle Paul said. I dreamed that Rion, and Rion's name means little king. I believe he represents the man-child in some of our revelations. I dreamed Rion was outside of a home that had a garden similar to our own garden in real life, but it was smaller. The the man-child tends the disciples whom he sent out two by two, representing the two witnesses. And this is the uh, small garden. Amen. There was also uh, a covered barbecue area that we don't have in the natural. This barbecue area represents the willingness to sacrifice the flesh in the fiery trial. Amen. Well, this is God's requirement to be in the first fruits as well as uh, all the other elect of God who follow. Amen. We have to go through this area. Rian was cleaning this covered barbecue area. Well, I think the man-child will be performing a major cleanup around the barbecue pit, representing the tribulation and the fiery trials which burn up the flesh Um, that's coming upon all of God's elect who are on the uh, fence or in need of refining um, and in need of purification and so on. So everybody's got to go through this. If you don't lose your life, you won't gain your life. That's what it represents. I was standing and watching him from the sliding glass door. And she puts in parenthesis, the bride is privy to the workings of the man-child and she is protected by the glass door which represents abiding in the secret place of the Most High. Psalm 91 and 8, Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. True, true. They're part of the lesson, you know. The wicked are part of our lesson. We would rather uh, that we learn the lesson we see that they fail at than have to go through it and fail ourselves, right? So God gives plenty of examples of why people fail in the Scriptures. That's why we study the Scriptures to know about Satan's devices, right? I noticed how the gray brick paving all around the barbecue was all messy with soil and dirt. I thought, if we give this an hour a day for the next four months, maybe we can get all the dirt gone. <laughs> well, this represents trying to clean up our walk through our own efforts. We have to remember that Jesus already did this, and we Confess it by faith, right? The dirt represents the sins of those who tread the path of avoidance around the crucified life represented by the barbecue pit. So that's where all the dirt was around the outside of the barbecue pit, right? So they're covered in the filth and the sin which will lead to death uh, represented by the gray brick Paving. Amen. I also noticed that a huge tree to my right had been completely cut down with only a stump remaining. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? And I think it's probably representing the fall of the Babylonian state and church uh, being removed. Um and their leadership being removed before the seven years of tribulation so that the people will follow the man-child reformers through the wilderness, just as Moses gave us an example, right? Those people couldn't be all scattered out among all the factions of Christianity. They needed to follow somebody who had already been in the wilderness. That would be Moses, uh, not the, uh, the leaders who were Egyptians. Living in Egypt right <laughs> or Babylon right so Daniel 4:20 20 through 26 says a tree that thou sawest which grew and was strong and whose height reached unto heaven and the sight thereof to all the earth, whose heaven whose leaves were fair and the fruit thereof much, and in it was food for all under which the beasts of the field dwelt and upon whose branches the birds of the heavens had their habitation. It is thou, O king, thou art grown and become strong, for thy greatness is grown and reached unto heaven, and thy dominion to the end of the earth. And whereas whereas the king saw a watcher and a holy one coming down from heaven, and saying, Hew down the tree, and destroy it, nevertheless leave the stump of the roots thereof in the earth even with a band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field and let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let his portion be with the beasts of the field till seven times pass over him. Okay. The uh, the king and the Babylon um, became a beast, right? Verse 24, And this is the interpretation, O king, and it is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my Lord the king, that thou shalt be driven from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and thou shalt be made to eat grass as an oxen, and shalt be wet with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over thee, till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. And whereas they commanded to leave the stump of the roots of the tree, thy kingdom shall be sure unto thee, after that thou have known that the heavens do rule. So we have to know that we're under somebody, (laughs) <laughs> you know and uh Nebuchadnezzar had to get that revelation. No sooner had I thought this than a large water pressure hose appeared in my hands. Well that's grace, isn't it? It switched on. That's grace too. And then I aimed it at the paving which became clean instantly. Well that was No works, right? No works of man. The water pressure hose represents an anointing of power that will be given to the bride to clean up the walk of herself and her little sister, right? Amen. Then I aimed it at the tree stump and blew away all the mulch and dirt that was packed around it. It revealed a dead and decaying bumblebees' nest. Hmm. Well, in other dreams that we've had, uh, the bees or wasps and some and their nests represent the factious crucifiers very clearly. I thought that was dealt with ages ago, but it's good to have it really gone now. Amen. Well, it was dealt with ages ago, but we have to exercise faith in that to see it now, right? So the dead and decaying bumblebee's nest represents that our enemies have already been removed and defeated at the cross by Jesus. Luke one sixty-eight through 75 says, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for he hath visited and wrought redemption for his people. What kind of redemption? Well, some things we may not think about as part of redemption. Verse 69. And hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he swear by the mouth of his holy prophets that have been from of old. Here it is. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. So redemption covers this, right? Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. And just like every other part of salvation, we have to ask, believe, and receive. In other words, it has to become manifested through our faith. Verse 72, to show mercy towards our fathers, there it is, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware unto Abraham our father, to grant unto us that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, should serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Wow, awesome benefit. Redemption covers the enemies too. I felt something on my cheek then, and I lifted my hand up to touch it, and as I did so, it fell to the floor. It was a shriveled-up, dead huntsman spider. I thought, oh, wow, I'm sure glad that was dead. And what comes to me is Micah 7, 2, the godly man is perished out of the earth, and there is none upright among men. They all we- lie in wait for blood. They hunt. Every man is brother with a net. Yeah, there are those crazies out there that are constantly trying to trap you. All the while, they're trapping themselves like Judas did. Yeah. So... They've already lost before they even began to attack, right? Judas and Absalom hung themselves by their own works. Luke 10 and 19 says, Behold, I've given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall in any wise hurt you. Wow. I asked the Lord for a word by faith at random for this dream, and I received Isaiah 33 and 20 in context 17 through 24. Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty, they shall behold a land that reacheth afar, thy heart shall muse on the terror. Where is he that counted? Where is he that weighed the tribute? Where is he that counted the towers? (laughs) I believe this represents the terror on the apostate leaders that count their ties under their steeples uh, or phallic symbols, so on and so forth. Where are they? Thou shalt not see the fierce people, Okay, those overcomers who are going to escape, not flying away, they're not going to see the fierce people, kind of like the people in Zion missed out on seeing Sennacherib, right? <laughs> uh, a people of deep speech that thou canst not comprehend, and of strange tongue that thou canst not understand. Amen. They're really, they are so confused, it's hard to figure them out. But the righteous are not in fear of the coming beast invasion, right? Zion especially escaped. Verse 20, look upon Zion, the city of our solemnities. Thine eyes shall see Jerusalem, a quiet habitation, a tent that shall not be removed. The stakes whereof shall never be plucked up. Neither shall any of the cords thereof be broken. Okay, God promises a perfect victory, protection, provision to his Zion bride. Amen. But there the Lord will be with us in majesty, a place of broad rivers and streams, wherein shall go no galley with oars, neither shall gallant ship pass thereby. Well, this represents churches that are run by man's power, a galley with oars, right? For the Lord is our refuge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. Thy tacklings are loosed. They could not strengthen the foot of their mast. They could not spread the sail. Okay, this represents those who do not have the power of the Spirit. Spirit and breath and wind can all be the exact same word. But um, they don't have the power to be moved by the Spirit. You know, one of the first things a person needs before they leave uh, and go out to do evangelism, like in the beginning of the book of Acts, is to be filled with the Holy Spirit led and guided by the Holy Spirit. And then was the prey of a great spoil divided. The lame took the prey. And the inhabitants shall not say, I am sick. The people that dwell therein shall be forgiven their iniquity. In other words, they'll overcome sickness too, right? And uh, Claire had this one too, 518, uh, tempted to look at the curses of the snake. Amen. We got to get our eyes on the promises, not on the snake bite, right? You get your eyes on the snake bite, you die. You get your eye on the promise and off the snake bite, you live. It's that simple. So she said, in this dream, I was on the third floor balcony of a high school. Well, the righteous are being tested by the unbelieving on every level of their maturity. She said, a boy named Kyle, meaning narrow, was trying his best to get me to come and see what he had. I think this person might represent those who are narrow-minded. Well, those who are narrow-minded, when it comes to God and His Word, try to put Him in a box and limit His ability to save us from the curse, right? They have a little box, and they have a little Jesus in that little box. He doesn't do much. He just is captive to their little box, Amen. Another friend named Hamish, uh, meaning supplanter, was trying to smooth talk me into going and seeing what Kyle had. Well, we know the devil is a deceiver and a supplanter trying to trick us into believing in the curse and walking by sight. He wants us to believe. He's got authority over us. Maybe he's exercised that authority for a long time. He doesn't want to give it up, so he has to tell, teach us and show us that he's in control. But you know he's not. Amen? I already knew he had a big black snake, that Kyle fella, right? And I did not even want to look upon it from a distance, much less go see it up close. Well, we should be uh, careful not to follow those who are lacking in fruit and discernment. True believers will get their eyes off of the curse and on the promises. We should resist the temptation to think on our trials or examine up close our, uh, or focus on the lying symptoms of the curses, Uh, We are being tested to see, will we walk by faith or by sight? Amen. People ask, well, why don't we get instantaneous healing? Because the Lord wants us to go through a trial of our faith. It is precious. Yes, uh, the Mantalkan ministry is coming, and they will see many, many more immediate examples, especially for those who don't believe, for the sake of those who don't believe, right? And another person came to me and said, just be patient and go and look at the snake. <laughs> well, what came to me, Romans sixteen uh, nineteen, it says, for your obedience is come abroad unto all men. I rejoice therefore over you, but I would have you to be wise unto that which is good and simple unto that which is evil. You see, you can't study enough evil to know all evil, but if you study the good, you will know all evil. You see, that's why God teaches us to do this. We don't need to look on the snake. All those in this building were committed to looking at the curse of the snake, but I was not going to look at it at all. And then I woke up. And uh, she says, true believers have faith in the law of liberty instead of faith in the law of sin and death. Well, many confess the law of sin and death. Uh, they won't confess their salvation in Christ, their healing in Christ, et cetera, et cetera. And so, of course, what happens to them? They uh, be it unto you according to your faith as you have believed, so shall it be unto you. That's what Jesus said. James 1 and 25 says, But he that looketh into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and so continueth, being not a hearer that forgetteth, but a doer that worketh, this man shall be blessed in his doing. And Romans 8 and 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of sin and of death. That's kind of like the law of gravity, right? Everybody expects that um, it will eventually take them down. <laughs> you, you know, but what about the lifting up, right, that the Lord does? This resurrection life, right? Heavenly places in Christ, right? Amen. All right, Vanessa Weeks got this on 4 9 22. We called it Treading on the Serpent. I dreamed that I was driving on a road to where we were meeting, and others from UBM were following. Three other women were in the car with me. The two in the back seat were visiting UBM. David and Michael were following us in Michael's blue truck. The blue truck, I believe, represents the vehicle of the man-child Davids, which is being caught up to the throne of heavenly authority, hence the blue truck, right? And we know Michael means who is like God, amen? He represents God's presence and authority that is with the man-child Davids, amen? There were also two visitors riding with them, and I believe this is representing the two witnesses, which is a corporate body who follow the man-child, just as two corporate witnesses who went forth two by two in order to spread the gospel when they were sent by Jesus, the man-child. So history is going to repeat, okay? Okay. And even though David and Michael were behind us, they were driving faster than us. And uh, she gave Isaiah 52 and 12, For you shall not go out in haste, neither shall you go by flight, for the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rearward. Okay, round about, right? Round about the bride here. I was thinking that some people may not know where we were going. So I was trying to sing loudly out the window as we passed each landmark. I was singing phrases like, past the trees, turn right at the barn, over the river, etc. <laughs> Uh, Joshua 3 and 4 says, Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. We're kind of 2,000 years behind Jesus who crossed over the Jordan and came out the other side, which represents the resurrection life, right? We're behind him, but we're watching to see how it's done, right? (laughs) Come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. (laughs) Yes, right. So we're watching, right? Watching to make sure we know the way, it's called. And John 14, uh, 4 through 6, another example here, I think, maybe. Uh, And whither I go, you know the way. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How know we the way? And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one cometh unto the Father but by me. Okay, so he's the way. We walk in his footsteps, right? If anyone says that they abide in him, let them walk as he walked. That's the way. And those in captivity who don't know how to get to where we are will once again hear the voice of the bridegroom and the bride and return out of their captivity. Jeremiah 33, 10 and 11 says, Thus saith the Lord, yet again there shall be heard in this place, And then in verse 11, the voice of joy and the voice of gladness and the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. She was speaking out the window, giving instructions on the way, right? Okay. For I will cause the captivity of the land to return as at the first, saith the Lord. Well, the secret place of the Most High The Scripture teaches us how to go there. We know it's abiding in Christ. We know that we are hidden in Him, right? Amen. All these wonderful revelations. And as we crossed a river over a bridge, there was a large black and white snake lying across the whole road. It had a black tail that was on the left side of the bridge. I asked the Lord what this snake was and received by faith at random, Jeremiah 22 and 25. And I will give thee into the hand of them that seek thy life, and into the hand of them of whom thou art afraid, even into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of the Chaldeans. Well, this is representing Bel, the uh, deep state Babylonish dragon, who stands in the way. He's the old serpent, right? And uh, she went on to say, I drove over the snake's tail and was singing as we crossed the river. Over the river she was singing. Okay. So the woman will escape the river of water, which I believe is the lies that the serpent or dragon spews out of his mouth, trying to swallow her up. Amen. Revelation 12, 13 through 16 says, And when the dragon saw that he was cast down to the earth, which I believe is happening right now, I mean, these Satanists over the whole world, uh, the deep state, the elite, they're all Satanists, and their authority and power is being cast down as we speak. And, of course, this was the dragon that sought to devour the man-child and the woman, right? So cast down, when the dragon saw that he was cast down to the earth, he persecuted the woman that brought forth the man-child. And there was given to the woman the two wings of the great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness unto her place. Those wings represent overcoming through the knowledge of the Lord, right? where she is nourished for a time, times, and a half a time from the face of the serpent. So those wings brought her to this place of safety for three and a half years. And the serpent cast out of his mouth, after the woman, water as a river. So she crossed over the river, right? Drove over the snake's tail and over the river. That he might cause her to be carried away by the stream. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the river which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Well, uh, we know the world will swallow the deceptions, uh, which will in turn reveal to the righteous the wrong way. You see the unbelieving out there taking the vaccine, you must know that that's going the wrong way because they have no faith in God. So you're seeing what's happening. They're paying the price for their unbelief in God's Word. I knew this was also for William so he could find where we were meeting. And William kind of travels through and so he didn't know particularly that day. So, And then I woke up. But William means conqueror and represents a body of believers who are overcomers and will come out of Babylonish apostasy. Revelation 2 and 17 says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. To him that overcometh, to him will I give of the hidden manna. The manna, of course, was life to them in the wilderness, and he says to him that overcometh, he will give them of this hidden manna. Amen. I seen people receive the hidden manna and be so happy and so joyous, but then they had sin that they wouldn't give up, and they were in the midst of, and when saw when God saw that he turned them over to a reprobate mind. Yeah and they fell into faction. So driving over the snake's tail, she said, made me think of Luke 10, 18 and 19. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan fallen as lightning from heaven. Behold, I've given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall in any wise hurt you. Oh glory to God, treading upon serpents. Nothing shall hurt you. The trail of the dragon represents the prophet that speaketh lies in Isaiah nine, thirteen through sixteen. Yet the people have not turned unto me, unto him that smote them, neither have they sought the Lord of hosts. Wherefore, the Lord will cut off from Israel head and tail, palm branch and rush in one day. The elder and the honorable man, he is the head, and the prophet that teaches the lies, he is the tail. Um, For they that lead this people cause them to err, and they that are led of them are destroyed. So, these prophets that teach lies, they're the tail. And she drove over the tail. And we see the results. Well, this also was given to Claire, angels sent out to protect the bride's fruit. 127. I dreamed I walked out of my grandma's kitchen for a second time. Grandma's kitchen is where the spiritual food of the ancient word of God is prepared, right? And Rion said walking out of grandma's kitchen is walking in the truth of the original word. Amen. You get fed from the kitchen you go out and you give it to others amen my three children were playing outside they were all about 5 years old and they all had brighter shades of blonde than they currently do well blonde hair represents submission 1st Corinthians 11 says that our hair is a sign of submission uh, to our husbands right the lord Uh, So, blonde hair represents submission to the son. Uh, That's the blonde. Son, S-U-N slash S-O-N, right? The children represent the spiritual fruit of the bride, which is our personal man-child and our fruit that we bear in the lives of others who are coming into the kingdom, right? And Rion said, the number The number five here represents grace, not self-works. The walking out of Grandma's kitchen shows that walking by faith produced good fruit by God's grace. And as we will see, this faith will be required for the upcoming trials. And uh, she said, my son Daniel was on a swing that was very rickety. And Rion said, our son's name means God is my judge. The swing ropes were too short, and there was no safety bolt on the one side of the swing to keep the swing ropes secure. And Rion said, this could represent the immature who are swinging or wavering, on unstable foundations that could lead to failure and judgment. Remember, God is my judge, right? So I started telling him firmly, Daniel, be careful. But he could not hear me as he was having too much fun. Well, lots of times, Christians are that way, and uh, they're having so much fun, they don't want to listen to the Lord's still small voice, right? So this kind of represents the immature who are caught up in the pleasures of life and don't hear. I thought, this is reckless, and I started praying in the Spirit, and I had a thought. Send the angels. Okay. Hebrews 1 and 14, and they, speaking of the angels, not all are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to do service for them, for the sake of them that shall inherit salvation? Well, yes, we know this is true. We pray for the immature among God's elect, and we send the angels out to watch over them and bring them fully into the kingdom. Amen. As I thought about sending the angels, he flipped out of the swing and went flying, and the seat went flying with him. He was very high up in the sky where the clouds were. I saw him go higher and higher, and then, just as quickly, he hit the ground, the seat breaking his fall. Well, the immature will be forced through judgment to draw near to God and seek to abide in Christ to be seated with Him in the heavenly places. Being seated with Christ will supernaturally protect and deliver them by breaking their fall, keeping them from perishing in the judgments that are coming. Remember the angel in Psalm 91 lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. (laughs) So the angels are watching after all these things. He immediately moved his arms and legs, representing the works and the walk of Jesus. These will become true disciples, his hands and his feet. I ran over to him and I prayed and inspected his eyes and ears and nose. Representing the spiritual senses of seeing, hearing, and discernment being restored. Well, this accident or judgment upon the careless, uh, immature Christians will teach them the fear of the Lord and bring them revival. Amen. An impact like that would usually rupture internal organs, but he seemed 100%. Well, these judgments will bring many to maturity, and they will become true disciples of Christ. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? I called for my daughters to uh, get their dad. I was sure I was witnessing a miracle. And then I woke up. And Rion said, uh, These people will only learn through trials and judgment, but the prayers of faith will bring household salvation. Matthew 18 and 10. See that you despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father who is in heaven. Amen. And I asked the Lord immediately in my spirit, Is this a warning for me? Is this a warning for Daniel? What are you trying to show me? Daniel, or my fruit, defied death and the attacks of the enemy because I sent the angels. And I asked the Lord to speak to me about this dream. First, I repented for being fearful of a judgment on my fruit. And I heard him say, this is a warning. You're not being judged. You are being attacked. Stand and fight. Well, the Lord wishes that we would all do that. Fight the good fight of the faith. Lay hold on life eternal. But some people are just coasting you know Well we were attacked with a severe windstorm during the night of this dream but we prayed in faith slept peacefully and in the morning there was no damage only a few flower petals on the ground Amen The storms of judgment will will have no effect upon those who abide in faith in their Justification by faith. Amen. And their Psalm 91 promises of protection. Amen. Yes. And uh, Claire also got their safety in the secret place of the Most High. I dreamed I was in Japan in the jungle. I was watching two snipers who were camouflaged in the foliage. They pointed their weapons towards a white little jet plane hovering in the sky. It was not moving across the blue sky. It was just staying in one spot. Hmm. This plane represents those who abide in heavenly places in Christ. Psalm 11 and 2 says, For lo, the wicked bend the bow. They make ready their arrows upon the string that they may shoot in darkness at the upright in heart. And here we see that they're shooting at the upright, right? Sometimes they miss the plane. Sometimes they hit the plane on the wings. The enemy targets the wings because this is what keeps the the plain in the heavenlies Isaiah 40 and 31 says but they that wait for the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint and revelation 12 and 14 says And there were given unto the woman the two wings of the great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness unto her place where she is nourished for a time, times, and a half a time from the face of the serpent. Amen. The plane jiggled a little and then steadied itself. And Rion said, "The fiery darts of the enemy, uh, trying to bring down vessels of honor, but to the vessels remain, though the vessels remain in the heavenlies unmoved." Okay, so they did stay; they were unmoved. First Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight says, "Wherefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable." always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. The Lord then translated me inside the jet plane for the remainder of the dream. There was no pilot in the plane. This heavenly vehicle or mode of transportation Is driven by the. There were no seats, and it seemed that it was almost like a cargo plane. But instead of cargo, there were all these people dressed in white, sitting in a circle, holding hands, and praying. Well, Rion said the, the lack of cargo symbolizes trusting completely in the Lord for provision and protection. We'll need to know that in the days ahead. Amen. I asked the Lord for a word by faith at random and received Jonah 1 and 5. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and they cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it unto them but jonah was gone down into the innermost parts of the ship and he and he lay and was fast asleep all well, this probably represents being at rest and trusting in the lord in the midst of the stormy trials represented by the attacks of the snipers, right? Well, Jesus also slept in the boat during the storm, Luke 8, 22 through 25. Now it came to pass on one of those days that he entered into a boat, himself and his disciples. And he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake, And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filling with water, and were in jeopardy. Well, we go through many situations like this, and we should remember that Jesus is in our boat. We can trust in him, right? And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased. And there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? Well, amen. I believe this is probably meaning that we can do something about our situations. We have the faith that was given to us from God, right? And many people don't realize that um, the disciples went out and they commanded things to happen. They didn't constantly stop and ask God to do it. They were constantly doing this. They did it by faith in his promises. So he said, where is your faith? And being afraid, they marveled, saying one to another, Who then is this that he commandeth? Even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Amen. And they learned too, didn't they? Okay, so this revelation was given to Michelle Rogers on 1 1207. And uh, we called it East Coast Tsunami Safety in the Heavenlies. And Deborah actually. I sent a note for part of this dream, Deborah Horton. She said, at the time of this dream, I was uh, living in Norfolk, Virginia. In my dream, I saw a huge fireball fall from the sky into the Atlantic Ocean off of the coast of Virginia Beach. Well, I think that this fireball could be symbolic, even though we know fireballs are going to come into the Atlantic Ocean, real ones. Uh, It could be symbolic of God's judgment, which will bring great revival. We recently received a revelation from a golden tsunami wave of revival that the Lord is going to use to sweep over his elect during the time of severe economic hardship and mass unemployment. Amen. Be be sure to help people because it could become your turn pretty quickly if you don't. The fireball sparked a massive tsunami that came rushing inland with a horrific deafening roar. It's hard to put the sound and experience into words to really do it justice. That sound and the experience of this dream is as real today as it was the night I first had it. And Deb said this. She put a note here. The word tsunami is Japanese for harbor wave. And harbor is defined as a shelter or a sheltered part of a body of water deep enough to provide anchorage for ships. A place of shelter, a refuge. Maybe this is also a wordplay that the deep state players will lose their shelter and be washed away. And one of the phrases used by the White Hats is, watch the water. Yep. As the wave was roaring towards me, I grabbed my cell phone and frantically tried to call my family, but immediately realizing with horror that all communications were down. Well, I do believe that's going to happen. Then i looked outside my window and in the sky i saw uh, Then i looked outside my window and in the sky i saw planes flying overhead every which way the planes seemed to be like those smaller cessna planes and not the large jumbo jets It was not clear if they were warplanes or what they were doing flying around in the sky, but it was a prominent feature in the dream and just added to the sense of emergency and mass pandemonium. Well, uh, this reminds me of the little jet plane in Claire's dream above because it is a tsunami Uh, Small individual planes represent those who will escape by abiding in heavenly places in Christ, right? So a tsunami, of course, uh, planes can escape a tsunami. No other vehicles can do that, right? So individual being many small planes, okay? And right before the mighty rushing water was about to hit me, I suddenly awoke. Thank goodness. <laughs> so we received encouraging words on the morning of five twenty six twenty two by faith at random uh, words to the effect that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Amen. So uh I asked the Lord, um, I started out, and I asked the Lord to give me something really good for us, and I got what ended up being the Red Sea is coming for the enemies of God's people. Ezekiel 31, 18 says, To whom art thou thus like in glory and in greatness among the trees of Eden? Yet shalt thou be brought down with the trees of Eden unto the nether parts of the earth. Thou shalt lie in the midst of the uncircumcised with them that are slain by the sword. This is Pharaoh and all his multitude, saith the Lord. Okay, we know that God took down Pharaoh's multitude and saved God's people and they had a party on the other side of the Red Sea, rejoicing and praising God for his salvation. Amen. Also, same morning, when he got what we believe says that God will bring back the elect captives and prosper and glorify his bride to rebuild the kingdom of God while her enemies will be humbled. Isaiah 60, 8 through 14. Who are these that fly as a cloud and as the doves to their windows? Surely the isles shall wait for me and the ships of Tarshish first to bring thy sons from far, their silver and their gold with them. It's talking about uh, coming to the bride, right? Um, so the sons of the bride, their silver and their gold with them for the name of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel because he hath glorified thee. And foreigners shall build up thy walls and their kings shall minister unto thee for in my wrath I smote thee In other words, that's the crucifixion, right, that uh, the Lord used the factious to do. In my wrath I smote thee, but in my favor have I had mercy on thee. Thy gates also shall be opened continually. They shall not be shut day nor night, that man may bring unto thee the wealth of the nations and their kings led captive. For that nation and kingdom that will not serve thee shall perish. Yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted. Well, you see, this is what's about to happen, too. Those that don't serve the bride uh, are going to be judged because the bride has been given authority and dominion, as we've already shared. Okay, verse 13 The glory of Lebanon shall come unto thee, the fir tree, the pine, the box tree together to beautify the place of my sanctuary. And I will make the place of my feet glorious. And the sons of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee. And all they that despise thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet, and they shall call thee, the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Wow. Okay, so Chuck got, what we believe, um, says this, The bride's city will come to dominion again, and the spiritually crippled will be made strong. The bride will bring forth the man-child reformers, and conquer her enemies. Okay. Micah 4, 6 through 13. In that day, says the Lord, will I assemble that which is lame, I will gather that which is driven away, and that which I have afflicted. And I will make that which was lame a remnant, and that which was cast far off a strong nation. Okay, so those who were taken into captivity, those that were cast far off, they're going to become a strong nation under the leadership of the bride, as we will see. And the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion, the bride, from henceforth even forever. And thou, O tower of the flock, the hill of the daughter of Zion, unto thee shall it come, yea, the former dominion shall come, the kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. Now why dost thou cry out loud, is there no king in thee? Is thy counselor perished, that pangs have taken hold of thee as of a woman in travail? Well, we know what the woman's travail is for, is to bring forth the man-child ministry, Right? And, of course, it's pain to bring forth this man-child. And um, we do have a counselor. Why are you crying? (laughs) We have a counselor, and uh, we should call upon him. Be in pain and labor to bring forth, O daughter of Zion, like a woman in travail. For now shalt thou go forth out of the city, and shall dwell in the field, and shall come even unto Babylon. There shalt thou be rescued, there will, there will the Lord redeem thee from the hand of thine enemies. And so it was, God's people who were in Babylon, Our first fruits came out to begin rebuilding, and later the rest came out to be, to uh, build the kingdom, praise God. And now many nations are assembled against thee that say, let her be defiled. You remember the people around them didn't like them doing that, and they were very factious against them and tried to raise up the beast against them and ultimately failed, right? Let her be defiled. That's their plan. That's what they've tried to do, by the way. Let our eyes see our desire upon Zion but they know not the thoughts of the Lord. Neither understand they his counsel, for he hath gathered them as the sheaves to the threshing floor. Arise and thresh, O daughter of Zion, for I will make thy horn iron, and I will make thy hooves brass, and thou shalt beat in pieces many peoples. These are the peoples who came against Zion. And I will devote their gain unto the Lord and their substance unto the Lord of the whole earth. And Brandy got what we thought was summarized by this. Those who sought to devour Jesus in the man-child by word and spirit, because that's how Jesus is manifested in all of us, right? By word and spirit. They're going to stumble, they're going to fall, and they're going to be ruled over by him. First Peter 2, 6-10, through 10. because it's contained in Scripture, which they don't pay any attention to, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be put to shame. For you, therefore, that believe is the preciousness, but but such as disbelieve the stone which the builders rejected. Did they not? Yes. Do they not today? Yes. The same was made the head of the corner. Uh Uh-oh. These people did not want him ruling over them, and yet that's exactly what they ended up with. And a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, for they stumble at the word being disobedient. This is why they stumbled out of the way. They were disobedient to the word. They were reminded about what the word said, but they were disobedient, rebelled, and were turned over to this reprobation. Whereunto also they were appointed. But you are an elect race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may show forth the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who in time past were no people, but now are the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Mercy, and Barry got the proud enemies who boast against the bride and the man child will be smitten. Isaiah thirty six thirteen through eighteen. Then Rabshakeh stood and cried with a loud voice in the Jews' language and said, "Hear ye!" the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus saith the king, let not Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you. Oh, but they were wrong. Neither let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, The Lord will surely deliver us. This city shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Hearken not to Hezekiah, for thus saith the king of Assyria, make your peace with me, and come out to me, and eat ye every one his vine and his and every one of his fig- tree, and drink ye every one the waters of his own cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of grain and new wine; it's not so, that's the beast land. If you're in the beast land, you're not standing on the promised land. you're not receiving the benefit of the promises. It's not so. He lied, a land of bread and vineyards. Beware, lest Hezekiah persuade you, saying the Lord will deliver us. Hath any of the gods of the nations delivered his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria. <laughs> Well, we know Hezekiah here was a type of the man-child, and we also know that 185,000 of the enemies were smitten, and the city escaped their beast kingdom. All right. Also, Gainold got uh, what we think is representing this, those who returned from the capital city, or excuse me, return to the capital city are the bride. And the David manchilds and the tribes of God's people will return under them all in peace. So those who return to the capital city first are the first fruits. They're the bride and the man child, and the tribes of God's people uh, who return to them are under them, and they, everyone is at peace as long as they are under the dominion. Okay, Psalm 122, 1-9. through 9. A song of ascents of David. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go unto the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within thy gates, O Jerusalem. There they are. They have attained to the position Of the bride. Jerusalem, that art builded as a city that is compact together. Whither the tribes go up, even the tribes of the Lord, for an ordinance for Israel to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. There they are, the tribes coming underneath the bride. Back the way it was supposed to be before there was rebellion and they were all taken into captivity, right? For there are set thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. That's the man-child thrones that was spoken about. Uh, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They that prosper, that love thee, peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sakes, I will now say, Peace be. Be within thee. And for the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. Amen. Amen. So, and Missy asked, uh, Where are we in this prophetic timeline? And, God, what we believe represents this a revival of the former and latter reign. Is just ahead for those who will obey the commands of God and be blessed to take their promised land. Those who do not obey will be judged. Deuteronomy eleven thirteen through fifteen is or through twenty five is what she got. And it shall come to pass that if you shall hearken diligently unto my commandments which I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to serve Him with all of your heart and with all of your soul, then I will give the rain of your land in its season, the former rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy grain. You remember the former and latter rain that was mentioned in Joel right after the northern army was smitten. You see, so we we're, we're uh, got a good timing here. And I... Thy new wine and thine oil, and I will give grass in thy fields for thy cattle, and thou shalt eat and be full. So there will be food there, as uh, we shared with you recently in the Revelation, where there were cities of light, where there were food, and the righteous were there uh, feeding the people. Verse 16, take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them, and the anger of the Lord be kindled against you, and he shut up the heavens so that there be no rain, and the the land shall not yield its fruit, and you perish quickly from off of the good land which the Lord giveth you. Oh, yes. Therefore, Shall you lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand. In other words, don't just be a hearer of the word, be a doer of the word. Remember the word. The the obedient shall be blessed. And, And by the way, the obedient are those who have faith, because when you have faith, you get grace to obey. This is what a lot of people don't Understand. It's the faithful who obey. So it says um, you shall lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and they shall be for frontlets between your eyes. In other words, this is the mark of God. It it represents the mind of the flesh and the hand, the works of the flesh. These are the people, okay. Verse nineteen, and you shall teach them your children, talking of them when they, when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt write them upon the doorposts of thy house and upon thy gates, that your days may be multiplied and that the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them. Notice, if you obey, you're in the promised land. You're standing on the promises. You will be blessed. Okay, that's the history of God's people, of course, is they got lazy. Uh, They didn't study the Word of God. They didn't put it in their heart. They didn't obey it. They become willfully disobedient and he took them out of the land and gave them over into the hands of the beast, right? Okay, even as the days of heavens above the earth, for if you shall diligently keep all this commandment which I command you to do it, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all of his ways and to cleave unto him, then will the Lord drive out all these nations from before you. In other words, they will conquer the beast. And you shall dispossess nations greater and mightier than yourselves. Well, those in Zion conquered the the, uh, beast. 185,000 of them were smitten and they left because they were being obedient. But the rest of the tribes were conquered by that same beast because they were not obedient and they had fallen to the golden calves and so on and so forth. Every place whereon the sole of your foot shall tread shall be yours, from the wilderness and Lebanon, from the river, the river Euphrates, even unto the hinder sea shall be your border. All of the promised land, right? There shall no man be able to stand before you. The Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that you shall dread upon as he has spoken unto you. Wow, um, pretty awesome. God's promises uh, for the obedient. Okay, I received uh, by faith at random Isaiah forty nine, and I'm going to re- read a portion of it. I'll read eleven. On down, it says, and I will make all my mountains away. That's the mountains of Israel that were departed from when they went into bondage. But they are away way now at this particular time when the obedient have uh, overcome. And my highways shall be exalted. In other words, the highways to uh, the mountains of Israel are uh, like the highway that leads to Zion, right? Okay. Lo, these shall come from far. Lo, these from the north and from the west, and these from the land of Sinim. Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains, for the Lord hath comforted his people and will have compassion upon his afflicted. And I'm going to read a little bit further down here. Let's see. Uh, Verse eighteen, lift up thine eyes round about and behold all these gather themselves together and come to thee; that is, they come to Zion. Ah, uh, as I live, says the Lord, thou shalt surely clothe thee with them all as with an ornament, and gird thyself with them like a bride. So they come to be underneath the bride city again, from whence they were uh, scattered. Right. For as for thy waste and thy desolate places and thy land that hath been destroyed, surely now shalt thou be too straight for the inhabitants, and they, shall, they that swallowed thee up shall be far away. Amen. The wicked cannot stand in this place. right? The children of thy bereavement shall yet say in thine ears, The place is too straight for me. Give place to me that I may dwell. Then shalt thou say in thy heart, Who hath begotten me these, seeing I have been bereaved of my children? Yes, where did these come from? <laughs> and am solitary and an exile, wandering to and fro. Who hath brought up these? Yes, the Lord has brought up a people who will come to be under the bride who is, by the way, under the man-child. He's the head of the bride, like David was the head in Jerusalem, the bride, right? And who hath uh, brought up these? Behold, I was left alone. These, where were they? Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will lift up my hand to the nations, and I will set up my ensign to the peoples, and they shall bring thy sons in their bosom, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders and kings shall be thy nursing fathers and their queens thy nursing mothers they shall bow down to thee with their faces to the earth and lick the dust of thy feet and thou shalt know that i am the lord and they shall wait for me they that wait for me shall not be put to shame Shall the prey be taken from the mighty, or the lawful captives be delivered? But thus saith the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him that contendeth with thee, and I will save thy children, and I will feed them that oppress thee with their own flesh. Yes, I did. I got a confirmation of that text. It's an awesome confirmation. And they shall be drunken with their own blood as sweet wine, and all flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am thy Savior and thy Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. And of course, we know here that the haters of God's people will bite and devour one another. It is their destiny, because they must reap what they have sown. Amen. Thank you so much, Father for these uh, wonderful exhortations, um, corrections, um, um, promises, awesome promises. Thank you so much, Father, for all you have done for your children and what you're doing in these days. Many don't know and understand. Um, They haven't seen and understood your wonderful plan that is is hidden many times, but you are going to reveal it through your bride and your man-child. Praise be to God. Oh, thank you, Father. All right, saints, thank you so much for joining us today. Lord bless you and keep you. We'll do this again.
0: For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels, Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama, 36123. can quench my thirsting soul. Pure as water made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow. Oh, Jesus, I trust in you. face that darkest night. What will be my guiding light? The shining rays of red and white. Jesus, I trust in you. Oh, sacred heart, in you I find mercy seated for all time. the sea though the rivers rise i still believe for your mercy stands and your word is true oh jesus my lord jesus